talked about why Jesus came. Why was Jesus born? And if you recall, we talked about he came to show his love to us, right? His love is like this ocean that, uh, that I want to jump into, and I never want to get out of God's love ever again. If I do something wrong, I am not getting out of God's love, and you shouldn't either. You get into God's love, and you swim around and drown in God's love, but never, don't ever get out of God's love. That's one reason why Jesus came. The second reason he came that I'm going to talk about today is he came to justify you and me. He came to justify you and me. And I want to paint a little picture of what I mean by justification, because justification means that he has declared you innocent in his sight. He has declared you innocent in his sight. No matter what you've done or not done, he said you are right. He's declared you right in his sight. And he did that through Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and he took all the wrongdoing that you ever did or ever will do and he laid it on his son. All right. And so justification does this. Uh, let's, let's pretend this is coming from heaven. All right. It's flowing. It being justification, righteousness, goodness of God, healing, financial provision, uh, success, prosperity, a good marriage, all right? Your sons and daughters loving the Lord and growing up and loving, all flowing from heaven, but you're over here, okay? And you're kind of pointed in this direction, all right? You know what Jesus does to the person? In fact, I'm going to move you way back over here. You're way away from God, and you might even be going to church. <laughs> Don't think about this as the person that's, oh, the person that doesn't go to church. No, there's people that go to church three or four times a week that are not connected the way they need to be connected with Jesus. Do you hear me? They need justification. I need justification from Jesus for him to start flowing so I can receive from him. All right? So here's what Jesus does. I'm, I'm not, not Jesus, but for, for illustration purposes, there's God the Father. He's wanting to give good things to his children. And here's Jesus. All right? I'm going to have to lay this down. I go, and I let go, all right? And I go out and find Cole, and I grab hold of Cole's, the ability to be able to receive from the Lord, all right? And I say, Cole, whether you like it or not, I'm going to give you a little taste of God's justification. I'm going to let you taste it, all right? So I, you, no, you pull, pull for me, all right? This is Jesus. He pulls, even though you resist. Now you can stop. All right. <laughs> and he justifies Cole. He justifies him. Cole wasn't even looking to be justified, but Jesus went out and connected Cole to himself. And at some point, the good things from heaven start flowing to Cole. They start flowing to Cole because he's been justified by God most high. Isn't that incredible? All right. So I want you to remember this picture, the, the picture of justification. Now, let me tell you something. Here's what happens in almost every day of Cole's life. You get disconnected <laughs> and you start flowing over here 
And Jesus has to reach back over again. Nope. Come back over here, buddy. And get you in tune with God again. Get you connected back with God again. Eventually what happens after Jesus has done this almost a thousand times of getting Cole connected back, Cole starts getting the picture. He says, I want to seek the Lord. I've got to seek the Lord. Because every time I get connected with Jesus, I start receiving something from him. Why do we go to church? To connect with God and receive from God. Why do we pray? To get connected with God, to receive from God. Why do we read our Bibles? To get connected with God. But the act of prayer, the act of reading, the act of church is not what brings you righteousness. It's what you receive freely from God. Amen? So we're going to be talking about justification. Thank you, young men. Let me get you down here so I don't have a lawsuit on my hand. (laughs) All right. So we're going to be talking, Jesus came to justify us. That's why he came. He came to love us. He came to justify us. And that justification from his end connects us to him what do you think our connection to him is any ideas faith faith just reaching out and saying okay god if you give me justification i will reach out and take it from you so justification flows freely you'll see this to the whole world but it's the man it's the woman it's the child that believes in jesus and receives the justification that activates it in their lives. But God is, has justified in some respects, it's, it's contingent on your faith, he's justified the whole world. He's made, these, provided the opportunity for every human being to be made right with God. And when we connect with God, all kinds of things happen. You know what happens when you connect with God? You begin to receive physical healing in your body. Amen? You begin to receive your financial provision. What happens when you connect with God and you connect with his justification? You say, I'm not going to feel condemned anymore. I've been made right with God. I've been set in right standing with God. All kinds of good stuff starts flowing to you. Visible stuff, tangible stuff, good stuff. Because you have accepted God's justification in your life, just as if you'd never done anything wrong. And good things begin to flow to you. Freedom. Peace. How many of you need some peace? Hey, then receive God's justification in your life. All right? You receive happiness. How many of you would like to be happy and smile a little bit more often and laugh a little bit harder? You know what? Happiness comes through God and from God. And so we reach out. We say, God, I receive your justification. I may have misspent my money but you justify me anyways because I'd reach out in faith to you. I may have mistreated my wife or my husband, but I receive justification from you. I receive right standing with you. I'm not condemned any longer. I may have made a mistake with my children and not raised them the way that I should have raised them, but I receive justification from Jesus right now. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Receive God's justification regardless of what you've done or not done. Praise God. All right, from him flow good marriages, good families, a good job, 
All of that from that connection of my faith with God's justification. Let's read some scriptures here that kind of puts this into perspective. Romans 3.22 through 26. And I'll read it kind of slowly for you so we can think about this. It says, this righteousness, again, Romans 3 verse 22, and then the following three or four verses here. It says, this righteousness, which righteousness? God's righteousness. A righteousness that comes from him. You can't produce righteousness in your life. Have you ever told yourself when you do something wrong, I'm just going to try harder next time? (laughs) Did it work for you? No. You can try as hard as you want to, but there's some things you simply can't do on your own that you want to do, but you can't seem to do it. Think about exercising or diets. How many diets have you been on? (laughs) How many times you said, I'm going to exercise? Did it work for you permanently? Well, maybe for a handful of people, but most of us, it doesn't. We need God's help even in things such as this. All right. So it says God's righteousness, not my own, is given. Did you hear that? The righteousness of God, he just gives it to you. It's a gift from him. You can't produce it. You can't manufacture it yourself. And it's it's, it's through faith in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. So in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is righteousness that you need. So we need to figure out how to get into Jesus and get that righteousness for ourselves. Receive that righteousness. It says, who? To all who believe. All. Is it just for the white man? (laughs) Is it just for the black man? Is it just for the Hispanic? Is it just for for the Oriental or the Asian? No, it's for all mankind. God doesn't care what color our skin is. That's ridiculous. He cares about our hearts. Amen. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor, uh, if you're talented or you don't feel talented. By the way, everybody's talented. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has a gift. But it says, for all who believe. Are you a person who believes on the name of Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he died on that cross to carry all your shame? Have you ever felt shameful before? You look back at some things you did and you're just, I'm I'm so ashamed of myself. I wouldn't even want to begin to tell you of the things that I've done or the things that I've thought or the things that I've said. He bore that shame on the cross for you so that you don't need to feel ashamed anymore. All through that justification of God, he says, I've taken that shame off of you. You don't need to think about it anymore. Because my son took it for you. So all who believe, there is no difference between the Jew or the Gentile. Just as I was mentioning, it doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what you're, if you're a, a doctor of this or you don't have a job. You know, this doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. For listen to this, all have sinned. <laughs> all have sinned. What does the enemy do? When you mess up, when I mess up, He tells you, you're the only one that's done this. (laughs) You're the only one that's experienced this. You're out on your own trying to handle your your mess-ups. But it says, all have sinned. All have sinned. So when you're feeling down on yourself, you can say, well, thank goodness there's 8 billion people out there that have messed up too. (laughs) All of us have messed up. All right? 
What does this mean that we've messed up? We have been disconnected from God. Remember the pipes? Remember coal over here not connected? All of us have been disconnected from God. But through God's justification, he reconnects us. But it says we've all sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. But then it says, and all are justified freely. Praise God. All are justified freely. What does that mean? All of us are reconnected to Jesus Christ our Lord through his justification. Amen? He goes out, and I'm going to give you some stories that, that complement this, that explain it. He goes out, reaches out, just like I did with Cole, drags us over to him because the Bible says, if I be raised up, Jesus being raised up on the cross, I will draw, but it means drag, literally, <laughs> the interpretation here of that word in, in, the, in the Greek is, I will drag all men unto me. Every man, every woman in the face of this earth has been drugged to God at one point or another in their life. The Holy Spirit goes out, and we're going we're gonna to see that here in just a second. It says, all are justified freely, literally as a gift, all right, by God's grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. This is only accessible to us because Jesus has done it and did it on the cross. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. He sacrificed for us, not me for him, through the shedding of his blood. So why should I get on my knees? I was watching something on TV, and some folks had to climb up these stairs on their knees to get to this sacred shrine and feel like something magical was going to happen to them. It's not our sacrifice, guys. It's not your works. It's not what you do or don't do. It's Jesus' sacrifice for you. It's free. He gives it freely, presented it through Christ, shed his blood. How? Here's our part. We must receive it by faith. We must receive it. Did you see how Cole's little pipe clapped, you know, clipped onto God's pipe? He's going to start receiving from God now. You say, I don't get anything good from God. God never does anything good to, for me. Guess what? Plug into God's righteousness, and you will start receiving more from God than you could have ever dreamed in your life. God's justification is that connection that we need with God. But listen to this. He did this. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. Did you know that God is righteous in making you righteous? God is righteous in making the sinner righteous. We're watching this little clip. I've got to show this to, to my dad. It's a kind of a, history, a documentary on Billy Graham. Wonderful. We might even should show this in church. It's powerful kind of just history of Billy Graham. But one thing that just, yeah, I saw it this morning, just got in my mind, and i probably never forget it, was Billy Graham went with Chuck Colson, this guy that was ministering to prisons throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I believe, and, and he had Billy Graham come into this prison, all right? Now, Billy Graham, if you don't know who he is, I assume everybody does, but he's just this mighty man of God who, since the 50s, I believe, has been, he's just a powerful evangelist, and he reached, I literally, I think has reached hundreds of millions of people with a message of Jesus, and so Billy Graham walks into this prison, he, he talks to this group of prisoners, and then Chuck Colson says, hey, we got some guys on death row, and they're on kind of 23-hour lockdown. So they're, they're in isolation, 
And Billy Graham, they, they showed a picture of him getting down where this little peephole was into this guy that was on death row. And he spent 10 minutes and led this guy to Jesus. Led this guy to Jesus. Let me tell you what. Jesus is righteous in making you righteous. There's nothing unrighteous about that. There's nothing unfair about that. There's nothing wrong about that. So if there's nothing wrong with it, why shouldn't you receive it and forgive yourself if he's forgiven you? He's righteous in making you righteous. He demonstrates his righteousness in this present time. So as to be just, you say, well, that's unfair that so-and-so, they did wrong. Jesus says, no, I'm just in forgiving them. It's justice for me to forgive them. And the one who justifies those who have who? The ones that have faith in Jesus. What a simple thing to say, Jesus, I just receive. Jesus, I just connect to you. Jesus, I just accept what you have for me. It's a free gift. So then we see in Romans 3, 28, just jump down just a couple of verses from where we're reading. It says, but we maintain that a person is justified, in other words, connected with God by faith apart from works. Now, let me tell you something. We, we have a challenge in churches as we start thinking that we got to prove something to God. He saved me by grace, but now i got to prove something to him. And if we stumble, we trip in church, we tend to feel worse about ourselves than we did before we ever knew Jesus. <laughs> and God's grace covers you just as much before you knew him as it does after you know him. But what happens is God, in that example that I gave you, you get disconnected from God, he connects you again. You get disconnected from God, he connects you again. And you do that several hundred times, <laughs> and your faith starts to grow. And then when you mess up, you say, I've got to get back connected with God. I've got to get, pardon me, I've got to get back in church again. <laughs> you know, I've got to get back into the Word again. I've got to start seeking God again because you realize that that, justifica that justification is a connection with God. God's done his part. Now it's time for you to start doing your part and seeking God with all your heart, but remembering that it's his justification that connected you. It's not you. It's God that does this. All right. So it's paramount to a, you know, a, a murderer coming into the courtroom, knows he deserves death, and the judge saying, I pardon you. And the guy's, what? You pardon me? Why? I, actually, I did it. I'm admitting I did it. He says, yeah, but I've acquitted you. You're innocent. Why? But I did it. I, I'm the judge. I can tell you if you're free or not. And I, I, declare, I declare you're free, you're innocent, even though you really aren't. And the way, Jesus, the way God does that is Jesus bore the penalty for your mess-ups, for my mess-ups on his, on his back. He's the one that bore it. All right, so let's look at this. This is crazy in Romans 4, 5. So just flip over a page or two over to chapter 4 and look at verse 5. And let me read this to you. However, to the one who does not work, in other words, doesn't try to prove himself to God, but trusts God, listen to this phrase, who justifies the ungodly. What? I thought God justified the godly. But this says, the Bible says, that God justifies the ungodly. 
The person who's not looking for him, the person who doesn't care about God, the person who doesn't go to church, the, the, the person who's doing really bad things, hurting people, that's the person that God justifies. That's the person that God goes out and reaches and grabs hold of them and says, I'm going to connect you with God and I'm going to show you what it feels like to be justified by faith. I'm going to show you. And then in verse 7, just a verse below, if we skip verse 6, it says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. What? I thought it was blessed is the obedient. Blessed is the person who doesn't do anything wrong. Blessed is the person who gives gifts to orphans. Blessed. The Bible says blessed is the person who's done wrong and God's covered it with his justification. That's the person that's blessed. And you know what? That's you and me. Because all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And we're blessed because by faith we've connected with God's justification. Amen. Does that make sense? Blessed is the one who sins. The Lord never counts against him. How is it that God is so willing to justify so simply and so easily? Well, I've already explained it. But here in Romans 5.18, so we've been in Romans 3, 4, and now we're jumping into in chapter 5. It says, So also, one righteous act, that's the act of Jesus dying on the cross, resulted in justification and life for who? For all people. <laughs> Every single human being that's lived from Adam until the last person that lives here on earth. He provided justification, according to the word of God, for every single human being and life. I love that. Justification, we might not totally grasp, but you can, when you say, I've had a good life, <laughs> that means something, you know. I've had a bad life, that means something. Here it says, he's provided life for all people. And the Bible goes on to describe that as life in abundance, fulfilled, rich, wonderful, exciting, adventurous life. That's what God provides through his justification. And it's not just for one person. It's not just for a section of people. It's all human beings. He's provided justification for all of all people. So here we see that Jesus performed the act of justification. And now what he's doing through you and me, he's declaring justification to those that we come in contact with. Declare justification. Tell people who Jesus is and how they can be connected to him and how they can receive from him and be blessed by him. Tell, declare, proclaim justification to people because you know what? That's what Jesus is doing. He's going out there and he's declaring the kingdom of heaven, the justification of people who've been disconnected from him. It says in, in two verses that I've read already, all are justified freely. And it says the one righteous act resulting in, justifi in justification in life for who? All people. Everybody. And we, just a couple of Sundays ago, we saw that Jesus went out in this parable. He went out and bought the whole world. So that drug addict cousin that you have or that family member that's off the rails, God's already bought them back. It's just time for them to realize it. That, that son or that daughter, that grandchild that you're, you're worried about, Jesus has already bought them back. They're just this close from salvation. They're this close from heaven. It's not that far. It's not that, 
That's, that's not a far reach for God to save them. He's already provided the, the means. He's already paid the price. Faith simply reaches out and just receives it. Be like a child and receive the righteousness, the connection with God. So in dying, Jesus bought the whole world. This act of justification took place. And Jesus is reaching out every day to, in people's lives to declare them justified or connected with him. So let's see how this, this justification works. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. We've talked, we, we did a visual. We talked about, and don't get me wrong when I say the theory of the Bible. We've, we've talked about the conceptually what the Bible tells us. But now let's get some real good examples so that we can take some, some memories home with us. It says, uh, I want to tell you the first thing is, Jesus comes uninvited to the God, ungodly. He comes uninvited. Jesus is not waiting for an invitation from you, believe me. He wasn't waiting for an invitation from me. He went after me. <laughs> he went after me and took hold of me. All right, so he comes uninvited to the ungodly. Jesus doesn't stop, and he doesn't waver in his pursuit either. So if you think just one little rebellious shrug of someone's shoulder is going to throw Jesus off, you're crazy. Jesus is far more, uh, uh, he's far more aggressive in his pursuit of someone. So don't worry if somebody's a little bit rebellious or a lot rebellious. Don't worry if somebody's saying, I don't even believe in God. I don't even care about God. You know what? Jesus goes after that person even harder. That's the kind of aggressiveness. Listen, look at this in Isaiah 65, 1. It says, I revealed myself. This is God speaking. This, is, this blows my mind. I reveal myself to those who did not ask for me. <laughs> did you hear that? Jesus, God, reveals himself to people that don't even ask for him. I was found by those who didn't seek me. Hey, we're praying for Jared. That's good news, man. He may not even be looking for God. Who cares? God's going after him. All right? Other people that you can think of that you're praying for, that's good news. Jesus specifically goes after people that aren't looking for him. Or I don't say to a nation that did not call on my name, I said... Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> That's God. He's saying, I'm, I'm not reliant on you and anybody. I'm coming after people whether they like it or not. All day long. How, often, how long does he do this? He says, all day long I've held out my hands to who? An obstinate people. Who's obstinate? Stiff-necked, rebellious. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Somebody who just uh, sacrilegious. Someone who, you know, just mouths off at God, doesn't love God. This is the person he goes after who does not, who does not walk, um, who, excuse me, whose walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations, people who continually provoke me to my face. That's who God is seeking. So you think of your hardest case and God's justification is going after that person. So how does Jesus do this? He, he gives you a taste of justification even when you aren't looking for him. He says, here, just try it. Have you ever gone to the mall or into a grocery store and they have little samples? And you go, my kids and I, we'll, we'll go and, and we won't shop. We'll just go sample to sample to sample. All right? <laughs> we're, we're hungry. It's lunchtime. We go in and get samples. All right? Well, that's just about how God works. He lets you sample his justification. I'm going to give you some examples. You'll see what I mean here in just a second. He gives you a sample of it and says, do you like it? 
Did you like that? He'll even talk to you in terms of feelings. Did you like that feeling just now of peace? Did you just like that feeling of confidence just now? Did you just like that feeling of closeness with me just now? And he lets you taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> All right? He lets you taste it. And his, the Bible says that his kindness is what leads you to repentance. His kindness. He goes out of his way to show you blessings before you even deserve blessings. And if you uh, come here in the next couple of Sunday nights, I'm going to be talking about that specifically. His kindness leads you to repentance. But let's look at this. This was a, a story that I gave last Sunday night. I may not have done it the justice that I should have, but I'm going to try to make up for it this morning. In John 8, verse 3. Here's an amazing story of, uh, back then, the religious people of, of, of Israel. They were called Pharisees, teachers of the law. So the religious people, they somehow caught a woman in the act of adultery. How on earth they did this without having kind of a sting operation is beyond me. But they caught this lady. They did something really mean to her. Um, they made her stand before a group, probably of all men. And Jesus was one of the men standing there. And so they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, in the law, the rights and wrongs, the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to, to have an, a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down. He did something odd. He bent down and started writing. He must have had some sand or dirt there. He starts writing in the ground with his finger. Now, we'll never know what Jesus was writing in there. We don't know if he was writing some of the sins of those men. <laughs> we don't know if he was writing uh, you know, something about the grace of God and the mercy. We don't know. But he starts writing in the sand there. And uh, when they kept questioning him, he straightens up. Jesus straightens up, stands up, and he says to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. <laughs> he said, So if, if you're so righteous, uh, let's, you go ahead. You be the first to throw a stone. Again, he stoops down and he continues to write in the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until Jesus was left with a woman still standing there. Now you talk about shame. <laughs> if you talk about embarrassment, talk about the worst day you ever had. This woman had a horrible day this day. And here she's standing alone with Jesus. So Jesus straightens up and he asks her, Woman, where are they? Um, has no one condemned you? Don't worry, I can talk louder than screaming children. No one she says, no one, sir, she says. And Jesus says something amazing. He says, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared. You got to stop and digest that. Jesus declared, neither do I condemn you. And we'll read the next section of this verse in a second. But you know what? Jesus is going out to the masses of humanity and offering justification to them, declaring justification to them. And all that's required is for that man, that woman, that child to reach out and say, I accept your justification. I accept your connection with you, Jesus. And in that instant, God Almighty 
causes that person to be justified as if they'd never done anything wrong in their whole life, never had any missteps, never done anything inappropriate, just by faith. But look at this. Before this woman had any faith, before this woman believed, before this woman repented, Jesus said, I don't condemn you. <laughs> what on earth? does That, that almost sounds counter-biblical. It sounds like because the Bible says you're only justified when you believe, when you have faith. And, and here's what I would tell you. Jesus lets you taste and see what it's like to be justified with him. Amen. He lets you taste and see what it is to not be condemned. And you can try it out for that instance and say, I like this. <laughs> I want this. I want more of it. In fact, there's this verse in Psalms 34, 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So you taste a little bit, and then you go to, the, to, to that area of the grocery store, and you buy that box of whatever you just tasted. That's faith. <laughs> That's believing. That's saying, I want it all. All right? That's what we do. Jesus says, I, I don't hold, I'm not condemning you right now. Now, how does that feel? All right? And I'm sure, we don't know the rest of the story, but I'm sure that lady said, I love it. I want more of you, Jesus. And she began to put her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and remained in that state of justification the rest of her life. We don't know that for sure. I'm just imagining what might have happened because many others, including yourself and myself, we've said, I'm putting my faith in that justification. I'm going to put my faith in there. All right? Now, Jesus does end by saying this. Now, go and leave your life of sin. He says, taste and see, now it's time for you to do your part and walk away from the life of sin that you've been living in. And you do that only when you have faith. If you try to earn your way into heaven, you're not going to be able to do it. You need to have faith in the justification that Jesus gives to you. All right. And so he says, go and leave your life of, of, of sin. And I want to say something. When he said that to her, he was saying, now you can go and leave your life of sin. When Jesus justifies you, he frees you. In fact, there are several places in the New Testament where just the word justification, the Greek word, is translated to be freed from sin. That's what justification does. When you feel, you know, I've been absolved from everything that I've ever done wrong, now you're free from not doing that ever again. Isn't that incredible? Praise God. All right. So you would say, I'd love to stop drinking, but I can't. I'd love to stop having illicit affairs, but I can't. I'd love to hold a steady job, but I can't. You know what? God justifies you and frees you so that you can. So that you can. Just a couple of more thoughts here this morning. God's justification radically searches you out and saves you even when you're not looking. And we've already made this point, but I think back to this, this story that we've mentioned before of, the, of, of this parable that Jesus gave of the hundred sheep. One sheep leaves, go, goes, get, and goes and gets lost out of ignorance, out of negligence, out of rebellion, who knows? The sheep goes out and gets lost. And what does Jesus do? He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one who's been lost. That's our God. And all of us worldwide have gotten lost. And guess what? Jesus has come to go look for us. And it's a rescue operation. 
And the Bible says that heaven is happier over that one sheep than over the 99 that are safely in the pen. And we should be the same way. I think of the story of Nineveh. So you would say, well, maybe it's, it's not for me. Well, the Ninevites were part of the Assyrian, not the Syrian, the Assyrian empire at that time, which was the most brutal, ruthless group of people you could have ever imagined. They did unimaginable things to their enemies and even to their own, own kind. Terrible, terrible people. And you know what God did? He went to the capital of that terrible empire and he sent one of his people, Jonah. He said, Jonah, go tell these people. The Bible says there was 120,000 people that lived in Nineveh, probably men, but 120,000 people that lived there, and God cared so much about them that he went after this brutal, bloodthirsty group of people, and every single one of them accepted what God had to offer to them. Every single one of them. That's how God operates. Uninvited, no faith, a single-handed, unilateral act of justification and freedom. Let me give you this last example in, Matthew, in Mark 5. Here, Jesus and his disciples crossed the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Then Jesus got out of the boat. And listen to this. this you talk about a nightmare. This is like a horror flick. All right, he gets out of the, the boat, and a man with an impure spirit comes from the tombs to meet him. This is the making of a scary movie, all right? And, and this man comes to meet him. This man had been living in the tombs, and no one could tie him down. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. That's how full of the devil this guy was. He could break his chains. Have you guys ever met someone that was evil? <laughs> Have you ever been around someone that just kind of gave you the heebie-jeebies and the creepy crawlies, all right? Well, this guy was that way, but really, really bad, he would break his chains. He would often uh, be chained hand and foot, and he tore the chains apart and broke the irons from his feet. This guy had uh, paranormal power, all right? Very scary. One was, uh, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Listen to this. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Now, you've seen young people that cut themselves and for whatever reason, they might be, uh, who knows why they would do it. But this guy was known for cutting himself. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees before him. Isn't that interesting? We shouldn't be scared of evil if we have Jesus living in our lives. The Bible says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We have no reason for fear. Look at this. This guy who's uh, incredibly evil runs and falls in front of Jesus on his knees, and he shouts at the top of his voice, What do you want to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Now, if demons can believe in God, why can't we believe in God? <laughs> what's, what's wrong with us? All right? Even the demons uh, know God, and, and the Bible says, and tremble. All right? Why aren't we trembling <laughs> sometimes at God? He shouts at the top of his voice. He says, Don't. Don't torture me. For Jesus had said, come out of the man, you impure spirit. Jesus already reprimanded the evil spirit that was inside of this man. Now, did this man invite Jesus to come to his area? Was he seeking God? Was he asking for more? No. He was the exact opposite. All right? Jesus asks him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Well, that's 
really creepy, all right? <laughs> he begs Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area, which is an interesting statement if you stop to think about it, but we won't get off on that tangent. A large herd of pigs was feeding in a nearby hillside. Now, the Jews did not tend to pigs. In fact, it was a very unclean animal to them. So the fact that Jesus gave permission to his demons to go into those 2,000 pigs is not a surprise either, because he does. He says, go ahead, go into these pigs. Send, them, send us out among the pigs, allow us into them. So he gives them permission. The impure spirits come out, went into the pigs. The whole herd of 2,000 rushed down a steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported to this town and countryside. Can you imagine? <laughs> You're sitting there, 2,000 pigs. That's a lot of animals, all right? And they're just gently grazing, you know, and then you hear this screeching whatever come. All the pigs run into the, your, your livelihood just ran into the lake, killed itself. I would be running back into town as well and saying, something happened. The people went out from the town to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, look, look at where, the way, what they saw. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. Sitting there. Sitting there. Can you imagine uh, a child with attention deficit disorder? God gets a hold of that little boy's life, and all of a sudden he just calmly sits down and can play with his toys and isn't hyperactive. I mean, that's what happened here. Night and day, this guy's cutting him, crying out, calling out, breaking chains, and he's sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed, because he was actually ran around with no clothes. All right, he's sit, sitting at his feet, clothed, and in his right mind. This guy couldn't reach out to God. He had no ability to get to God. He didn't know who God was. He only knew misery and darkness and evil, and Jesus went to him, got him, and connected this man to himself through God's justification. He's sitting there at the feet of Jesus. I wish I could have seen that. The people pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. Why? <laughs> Why would you plead for the Son of God to lead your, leave your region after this guy that's been tormenting you is, is gone? But they did that. As Jesus was getting to the boat, this man who was demon-possessed, begged to go with him. And Jesus said, um, no, you know what? Go back home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Have you received anything from God? Tell people about it. Tell people about it. If God is sending justification to you, it should come through you and to others. Let it flow and, and connect more and more and more people to the justification that God has proclaimed for the whole world. Every single person. Connect, be connected to Jesus. So he says, go home to your own people. Tell them what the Lord has done for you and how much mercy he's had on you. So the man went away and began to, I love this, to tell in Decapolis, that was that section of the country, how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed Praise God. Now, here's an example of a man who tasted, but then he hooked right on to the Lord Jesus Christ through faith, and his life reflected the grace of God from that day forward. That's how we need to be. That's how we need to be. So we pray. <laughs> I love this, man. God, go declare your justification to my family. Go declare your justification to my friends. Go, Jesus, 
quickly, fast, move, Lord God, to those in my school. Declare your justification to those in my school and to those that I work with. I pray, justify them through your son, Jesus Christ. That's how I pray. You can do that too. It's a 15-second prayer. (laughs) It doesn't require you getting down on your knees and crying and bawling and praying for two hours. You can pray for your mom, your dad, your kids, whoever it is. God, justify them. You can do it. And then you go and you begin to share what Jesus has done in your life. Pray that for yourself. Whenever you're in the middle of doing something wrong, pray, Jesus, justify me right now. Free me from doing this so that I cannot do it any longer. In the middle of your sin, pray for God's justification. And repent. Definitely repent. But God's justification is so powerful, it'll cleanse you right there and then and free you from ever having to do that thing again. So we can pray for others. We can pray for ourselves. Why? Because God made righteousness available to us through his son, Jesus Christ, as a free gift. That's why Jesus came.